everybody. It's good to see you again. We're going to be studying the book of Zechariah today. In case you've been following our ministry, our goal is to go through the whole Bible. I'm hoping that I can give you some overview of what each book is saying. And then I expect you to go back and read the whole book. You say, you got to be kidding. Yep, you know, the professor in me, <laughs> we teach class, but we expect the students to go back and read up the chapter so they can comprehend fully what we are trying to say. We started in the book of Genesis, and today we are dealing with the book of Zechariah. The book of Zechariah is probably the longest minor prophet in the Old Testament. It has a lot of good things in it, and I hope that I can point out some things to you so that you and I, we can encourage one another and be blessed in the Lord. Where do we start? Well, you need to know, first of all, that Zachariah was a young man that was born in captivity. In other words, uh, he was not born in Israel. He's a Jewish man, but he was born in Babylon. There's a lesson there because it's, let me break it down to everybody's level. It's like a black man or a black woman who was born, born here in America. And not like you or me because we're free now, but can you imagine if a person was born during the time of slavery? Nah, his mama was captured and dragged here. His daddy was captured, dragged here, and he was born <laughs> in the mess. And guess what that makes him also? He also is born a slave. That's the plight of Zachariah. There's another thing that you can learn from that because I have a lot of respect for preachers but oh, it makes a world of difference when you're dealing with a preacher who's been there, who understands what he's talking about. He's not just running his mouth. If he's preaching about grief, he knows about grief. He's had loved one dead. He's had his own relatives, close relatives dead. So when he wants to preach about grief, you better be sure, you better watch out because he's been there. He got a t-shirt and a souvenir on the subject matter. It's like a preacher who was delivered from drug. Do you think he can minister to a drug addict? You better believe it because he knows what it is to be an addict. Can you imagine a preacher or a prophet, an apostle, who's been in jail for years and the Lord finally set him free? 
And now you give him the microphone to preach to the priest prisoners. <laughs> yes, sir. Now, I'm not suggesting that you have to be a crackhead before you can preach. <laughs> I don't want you to say, oh, you won't believe what that African told me. No, I'm just saying your personal testimony, your life experiences can make a difference in your ministry. Zachariah was born in exile. He understood the pain of the people. He understood the suffering of the people. He understood what it means to be born, raised in a foreign country. Part of the problem that we have with young people today, you know, especially Generation X, Generation Z, they think the world owed them, you know. You know, because they've really never witnessed any suffering per se. The worst thing they ever witnessed, believe it or not, is the COVID-19 pandemic. <laughs> That's all they know. They were not here during 9-11. They were not here during slavery. They were not here during the civil rights. They cannot relate to any of that. So in their mind, look, you owe me. And they think the parents are supposed to pay all their bills. They think the government owed them. They think the church owed them. So people's experience does matter. Zachariah experience is going to have an effect in on his preaching, his sermon, and his delivery to the people. Another thing you need to know about Zachariah before I point out some things. He ministered to the people, but you won't believe how he ended his life. He, he was killed in the church. Whoa. Now, you talk about serious call upon his life. Not only was he killed in the temple, uh, historians say that was the very location where Abraham, way back in the, in the Old Testament, in the beginning in Genesis, chapter 12, chapter, chapter 13, all the way to chapter 21, the same location where God asked Abraham to offer his son as a sacrifice. Why am I telling you? That is significant because Zachariah was not just a preacher. He was not one of those that have a private jet. He was not one of those that have big mansion. He was not one of those preachers that riding Rolls Royce. He literally suffered and died in the house of God, proclaiming the word of God. Why am I telling you this? Well, you know, many of you call me, you say, Pastor, I felt that there's a call of God upon my life. Do you really want to be a preacher? <laughs> Can you drink from the same cup that Jesus Christ has drink. And many prophets 
they pay dearly with their lives. I have a saying in ministry in my church. I would tell people, you see the glory, but you don't know my story. But it's worth the price. If the call of God is upon your life, uh, I hope and pray, like Zachariah, that you put your life on the altar and, and pay whatever price is going to cost you. Believe me when I tell you it's worth it. What else can we learn about Zachariah? The whole book can be divided into three sections. All right? Basically, chapter 1 through chapter 6, it talks about visions that Zachariah had. Chapter 7 and 8 talks about messages from the book of Zechariah. There are four messages. There are eight visions, eight visions that, that God gave Zechariah. And then from chapter 9 through chapter 14, you're dealing with one king. So three sections, the whole book can be divided into three sections. Section 1 is eight visions. Section 2, four messages. And section 3, one king. Wow. It's very easy when you can really dissect a book and you can break it down and make it simple. Now, talking about the first section with all the vision, let me confess to you that a lot of the vision are crazy. <laughs> I mean, I was trying to unwrap to all that. I said, what is this? So I had to study uh, some uh, Greek and Hebrew to, to really decode some of this vision. Um, some of the vision, for example, shows four rangers, four horsemen, and one is riding a, a red horse and all kinds of color of the horses. But the question is, what does it mean? And what you're going to find out is that those four rangers is symbolic of God watching over the whole earth. Have you ever find yourself in a situation that you wonder if God is still there. Where that first vision that God shows Zachariah is a clear indication that God's watchful eye is upon the earth. Those four horsemen is like four rangers that he sent out to all part of the earth and is watching. So no matter what you're going through right now, never thought that you've been forgotten. God is watching over you. Another vision that he saw was of four horns. Uh, I wish I had time just to explain the significance of the number four. Numbers matter. You hear two, you hear three, you hear four, you hear five, six. You probably have heard the number 666, six, six, and you will hear the number seven 
number of completion, the number age, new beginning. So numbers do matter. Here we see four horsemen. Now we see in the second vision, four horns. Those four horns, ladies and gentlemen, represent the four nations who were enemies of Israel. These were nations that came and conquered and, and brutalized Israel and take them as slaves, as captives, and took them into exile. The, iron, the irony in the book of Zechariah is that those four horns, even though they dealt with Israel, but they themselves fell apart. There's a lesson there. You know, people that are laughing at you right now, people that are making fun of you, that are mocking you, that are laughing at your demise, the day will come when God will turn things around. And they themselves, <laughs> hallelujah. You know, I love the way God operates. It's amazing how God turned things around. Do you know that uh, it used to be on this planet Earth the world power was Rome, the Roman government. Do you know at some point God changes things around? Africa used to be the world power. You see, are you kidding? Yep. Do you know at some point then again things change around? And then Britain, United Kingdom, became the world power. Now it looks like right now it is arguable that United States is probably the number one world power now. But I can guarantee you, I don't mean to be negative, but it's not going to be forever. God will shift things around again. Who knows? Some other nation may rise up. It may be Africa again. It may be China. It may be. So if you are down, my message to you is that maybe right now you're struggling. You need to remember that trouble don't last always. The person who is down today may well be the person who's going to be up tomorrow. So be careful that you don't look down on anybody. Be careful that you don't laugh at somebody's condition today because you never know what tomorrow is. Those four horns, God is saying loud and clear to Israel. Uh, today, those were your enemies. Those were the ones who conquer you. Those were these big guys. But tomorrow, they will be all down. Hallelujah. I can identify with that. I remember growing up, and you see people around, they just think nothing will be, you will become nothing. You don't stand a chance. But many of them now, they have to call and contact me and say, can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? So God turned around. There's one scripture that says, when God turned around the captivity of Israel, it's a it's a book in the book of Psalms. The Bible says it was like a dream. 
God can flip things around just like that. It used to be, for example, black people like you and me, we are less of a human in the eyes of many people. Today, there are black millionaires, black billionaires, people own, I mean, people own their own private jets. They, I mean, it's just amazing how God can turn things around. It doesn't mean we've all arrived yet, but keep on living. Keep hope alive. One songwriter put it this way, I'm so glad trouble don't last always. Oh, I feel like shouting. <laughs> you say, man, pastor be tripping. You see, but it's a world of encouragement. Just because you're down today does not mean you will always be down. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for that. I am a living witness that God can turn things around for you. Amen. Another thing that you need to know, there was another vision that uh, Zachariah had, which is really, <laughs> I told you, a lot of these visions are pretty weird. One of the visions was of a woman in a basket. And that woman was carried away to another nation. It was symbolic of Israel. Israel was pictured like a woman married to God as the husband, and they were in covenant together, and Israel broke that covenant, decided to violate all the agreement of the marriage, and now the result is that that woman was carried away by another man into some foreign country. Again, it talks about the relationship of God and Israel. And, and the lesson for you and me is that, look, when you, want, when you want God to get your back, when you want God to work for you, you want all of heaven to back you up, then you have to do your part. You have to be faithful to your relationship with God. There are other visions. I mean, I can go on and on. The vision is just, there was a vision of, uh, one of the visions is a man going around the city of Jerusalem, just measuring the city, measuring the wall. Where you say, what a crazy thing. Where it's, it's symbolic of the rebuilding of the city, the rebuilding of the walls, the rebuilding of the temple. God is trying to reveal to Zachariah in that vision that the day will come when God will rebuild his nation. Well, again, it goes back to what I'm saying earlier. The day will come for you and for me when God will rebuild everything that the devil has turned down. The day will come for you and me when God will restore everything the devil has stolen from you. I can shout on that. I believe in my spirit that this year is the year of restoration. Make an inventory of what the devil has stolen from you. And, and remind God, Lord, you said in the book of Joel, chapter 2, beginning from verse 21, 
through verse 25, you say everything the locusts have stolen, everything the palmer worm have stolen, everything the canker worm have stolen, you said, I, the Lord, will restore. Remind God, let it be this year. God wants to restore. God wants to rebuild every wall that is done in your life. God wants to rebuild your family. God wants to rebuild your, your business. God wants to rebuild that dream, that vision that the enemy is trying to tear down. Hallelujah. I see you at the top in the name of Jesus Christ. Another vision, you, I told you there are eight visions. I can, I can just stay here all day just talking about the vision that Zachariah saw. The amazing thing of that vision, all those eight visions was given to him in one single night. You can imagine what a night, he probably had no sleep that night. <laughs> if I were him, I'd say, Lord, give me one day at a time. You know, I would say, one day at a time. <laughs> this old boy got eight vision, one single night. One of those visions is about a scroll. He saw a bunch of scrolls just flying all over the city. And he was trying to figure out, you know, scroll is like pages of the Bible. And that was God trying to tell Israel the day is coming when, when God will clean up the whole nation of Israel, will purify the nation. See, scroll is symbolic of the word of God. And how do you purify anybody? How do you purify any city? How do you purify any nation? So those scrolls flying all over the place is an indication that the time will come, the day will come when God will purify the land. I don't know about you. I believe we need just that in America today. Our culture has been so polluted. Oh, goodness gracious. You could hardly watch any movies without having to deal with violence, without having to deal with sex, without having to deal with all kinds of craziness. Not just movies, television, even your phone. I mean, the other day, this true story, how was somebody sent me a WhatsApp text message, and I just wanted to check it out. My goodness, you won't believe the pictures. I said, oh, Lord, have mercy. I did like stop for this. So I said, Elizabeth is a big one. <laughs> and the amazing thing. So I was trying to share with my wife. I said, my wife, I said, baby, you won't believe what I got on my website. And then she said, she got the same thing. I said, I can't believe that. So we, somebody probably hacked somebody's account. Didn't it? But that's the craziness that we're dealing with. Our culture needs to be purified. We need God's scroll flying all over our, our nation, flying all over our city. Just look at what is going on locally. People are fighting each other. People don't trust each other. People are shooting at each other. I mean, just about you blink your eyes, somebody is dead. 
And I'm not talking about death from COVID now. No, I'm talking about self-inflicted death. People just shooting each other. I mean, people will ask you for $5. And you say, I don't have no $5. And they'll shoot you over $5, $10. As if life don't worth anything. People fight over stupid things. We need the word of God, God's scroll, to purify our life. One of those visions is also a vision of the two, two leaders of Israel. Back then it was Joshua and Zerubbabel. And Joshua was, in that vision, Joshua was wearing a filthy garment. And God sent angels in that vision to take away all those filthy garments and then replace and robe that priest with a very clean garment. There's a lesson there because God has a way of changing situations and circumstances and then renewing people with a new life, a new beginning. So, I mean, this vision are just so profound, on and on various visions. But it's not just a book about vision. In fact, all those visions just chapter 1 through chapter 6. Then I told you, when you get between chapter 7 and 8, you will find some serious messages. What are those messages? Number one, the central message of the book of Zechariah is this. If you return to God, God will return to you. Man, I can shout on that. Now, that, if you don't receive that, I'll take that. <laughs> God is trying to say to you and I, it's your move. It's my move. God is stable. He still got all the good. He is still loving. He's forgiving and he's full of grace. But it's really up to you to return back to God. And the amazing thing is that if you return to God, God is saying he will return to you. Zachariah was preaching that throughout the whole nation. And I believe that message is relevant to you and me today. Can I tell you a little secret about myself? You have to promise you won't tell nobody. You promise? <laughs> Guess what? I tried that verse and I found it to be true. Every time I'm acting a fool, don't tell anybody I told you that, you know. This is just between you and me. Every time I'm acting ugly, every time I begin to have craving for old ways, you know what I discovered? Like a prodigal son, when I come to my senses and I return back to God, I always found out God will return back to me. Wow. I love him for that. He's so dependable. He's so stable. I'm the one that get off the radar. But if I can have enough sense to get back, like an aeroplane, I'm the one who fly off course. 
But if I can have enough sense to get back on course, God is always there to receive me. Let me encourage you to do the same thing. Return back to God, and God will return back to you. Amen. You see, we're in the same boat. <laughs> That's one thing I love about God. That was one central message of the book of Zechariah. Another message from that book is really to the two priests. But I believe the message is for you also. And God is simply telling those two priests, Joshua and Zerubbabel, that their success after the exile, when they get back home, their success would not depend on politics. Their success would not depend on their networking skill. Their success would depend on God. I can preach that all day. I hate to make this a testimonial sermon. You know I found out God showed me the same thing in a different way. One day God, God spoke to my heart and said, Son of man, talking to me now. He asked me, he said, how many eyes do you have? I said, Lord, I got two. He said, can you make one look up and make the other one look down? I said, cool, I'll be, I'll be glad to. And I tried it. Will you believe it's impossible to do that? I never thought about that. I tried to make one look up. <laughs> I kind of adjust. I couldn't. I, my brain just couldn't. The Lord showed me and said, Son of man, as long as you're looking to me, you would never fail. But as long as you're looking to man, you will not make it. And then he tried to explain to me, you cannot look to God and also be looking to man at the same time. Wow. Those are words of deliverance for me. This, how, this is the way I tell my members. You know how I told them. I say, folks, you don't have to kiss up to nobody. You don't have to join no clique. Be faithful to God, and God will be faithful to you. If you have God on your back, who are all these other jokers? I mean, <laughs> come on, give me a break. It's, it's really about having God in your life. But you cannot serve God and serve mammon at the same time. You have to choose this day. Who you going to serve? But as for me and my house, we make up our mind. We're going to serve God. How about you? God is speaking through Zechariah to those two leaders, Zerubbabel and Joshua. Say, look, you're going home now. You're going to be free when you get home. Home, many Israel. Your success is not going to depend on how much networking you can do, how many friends you can gather. It's not going to depend on the politics. 
It's going to depend on God. So you need to be faithful to God. It's like a formula for success. It has worked for me. I hate to be brutally honest with you. I came to this country, don't know anybody, have no relatives, no friends, not even a girlfriend. Can you believe it? Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> but that was the truth. All I had is God. And look at what he has done for a jungle man like me. I don't say that to brag. I'm just trying to tell you the joy of depending on God. I want to encourage you, my brother, my sister, to depend on him. You can depend on God. Through sickness, through pain, through disappointment, I mean, through the rain, through the storm, through anything you go through, through any ugly weather that the devil brings to life, you can count on God. You can depend on God. And when you depend on God, God will come through for you. Now, if, if, if I leave this planet and somebody ever want to write my story, let me tell you, in a nutshell, what it's all about. I am just a brother who learned to depend on God. And it's the best decision that I ever made. And even in my, <laughs> in my weakness, in my frailty, just because I depend on God, he bails me out over and over. If I tell you how many times he had delivered me, it will blow your mind. You think maybe I have a lucky charm. No. I just learned to depend on God. Another message from the book of Zechariah that you need to know is that God is saying the name Zechariah means Yahweh remembers. God is saying, I recognize some of you are going through. Some people under the sound of my voice today, you're going through some hurts. You're going through some disappointment. You're going through some pain. By the way, let me take a quick break to point out I know exactly what it is to hurt. And nobody knows about it. I know what it is to be praying for people, lay hand on people, but deep down within me, I, I was wishing somebody would lay hand on me. <laughs> because people think preachers are Superman. No, not this one. I'm just a brother like you, a human being who need God. I know what it is to be emotionally troubled. This past Sunday, I preached on depression. And the first thing I share with people is that I'm not just speaking theory. I know 
what it is to be depressed. In fact, I share with my congregation how I got depressed doing what I really enjoy doing. I have a lot of work. I enjoy what I do. I'm, I'm in business. I'm practicing law. I'm pastoring a church. I'm a college professor. I'm vice president of a college. I'm a TV evangelist. I'm all over there. And I enjoy everything I do. In fact, if it's up to me, I probably will add more. <laughs> I, just, I just love making things happen. But doing what you love doing, you can get burnt out from it. I'm amazed how many people have called me and said, Pastor, thank you for that message. Thank you for keeping it real. When I'm speaking to you, I'm not just talking about theories. It's good to know that your God, whom you serve, his name is Jehovah who remembers. The many of the name Zachariah is Yahweh remembers. So whatever you're going through right now, God knows. God understands. And God remembers. I don't know about you. Sometimes you're going through and it seems like everybody around you really have no clue. Do you know you can be in a big house and still be lonely? There are people there, but they don't get it. You may even be like me, pastoring a big show with all these people, everybody dressed up every week. Hi, pastor. <laughs> but they have no clue what you're going through. But it's good to know Jehovah remembers. My friend, be encouraged today. No matter what, God remembers. You know, there's a lot of things that we can say about the book of Zechariah. That's the one that got my attention. Zechariah is such a popular book because like a bridge to the New Testament because it prophesies about the coming Messiah a lot. In fact, the third section of that book is about one king, talking about prophetic utterances about Jesus. It talks about uh, a Messiah coming to town riding on the donkey. Hello, guess what Jesus did in the New Testament? I mean, just a fulfillment. A lot of section in the book of Zechariah was literally quoted in the book of Revelation. Many books of the New Testament quoted the prophecies of Zechariah. In fact, the book of Zechariah talks about 30 pieces of silver which was the exact amount that was paid to Judas to betray Jesus Christ. I'm just amazed how prophetic the book is. Said so much of things that will happen like 
500 years later. You know you're a man of God when you can when you can predict what God would do, what heaven would do 500 years from now. So the book is deep. The book is awesome. The book is quoted in many books of the New Testament. But if you ask me, what did I get out of that book? As much as I appreciate all those prophetic stuff, as much as I appreciate all the sermons, all the messages, as much as I appreciate all the visions, I'll be honest with you, I'm not caught up in that. I mean, it's like I read some book and they'll be talking about uh, four beasts with, with 16 heads. What? Really? <laughs> I'm trying to pay my rent, man. <laughs> what you talking about? They talk about one beast with four eyes. Hey, no, no, I'm, I'm not really too crazy about all of that. But one thing that got my attention when I read that book is a simple phrase. The meaning of the name Zachariah. God remembers. I'll be honest with you, that sustained me for years. Coming to America, having to deal with all kinds of struggles, having to deal with all kinds of challenges as a foreigner, they had no papers, can't get a job, can't get food stamp. Yes, I said it. <laughs> Could not get student loan. It was rough, but how did I make it? I always encouraged myself with the words of Prophet Zachariah that God knows what I'm going through. God remembers me. I'm not lost on the radar. God's got my back, and I don't know who I'm preaching to today. No matter what you're going through today, if you will realize that God's got your back, if you will remember that God remembers, he knows exactly where you are right now, and he's going to bring you out. To me, that's the bottom line. I love you with the love of the Lord. If you need prayer today, there's a number under the screen. We all need encouragement. You say, Pastor, I'm just going through. I experienced that this past Sunday. I finished preaching. Honestly, I was tired. And the security ministry, they just ushered me straight to the vehicle. I didn't even go back to my office. They, they, I said, I just need to go home. And while I got in, inside the truck, and in fact, they had the truck running already. So all I need to do is get in, shut the door, and woo. And here comes a young lady in tears. And she said, Pastor, can I talk to you? Of course, the security people, they said, come on, Pastor, uh, tell her to make a appointment or something like that. And my wife also was sitting next to me. And everybody was watching, okay, what's he going to do? And my spirit connects with that young lady. She had a little baby. 
So I, I wind and open the door. I say, yes, my dear, you can talk to me. Forget everybody. Don't worry about them. Yes, you can talk. And she, she break down in tears. I say, who are you? What's your name? Found out she's been coming to our church for the longest. She's not even a member. But she said, I come just to hear the word of God. She said, I am that person that you're talking about today. And I just want to touch you. I want to hold you. And I'm thinking, huh? Hold me. Who am I? He's a preacher. <laughs> you know, he's a country preacher. And she held my hand. And she wouldn't let go. And she cried. And I cried. And our spirit connected. And I just prayed with her. I don't even know what she's going through. I asked her, what's the name of your, of your baby? She told me, but I cannot tell you. It's one of those chihuahua stuff. <laughs> I said, man, you get my age, man. You just, I say, okay, praise the Lord. I say, baby, I love you. I say, so I look at the baby. She looked at me and said, I don't know you, and I don't care. <laughs> but I was, I was so fulfilled in my spirit to be able to connect with that young lady. Maybe you going through. My ministry is really to hurting people. I am saint. Not to the smart aleck. In fact, I get on their nerves. <laughs> but if you're going through something, if you know what it is to hurt, if you need some support system right now, then there myself. Dial that number. Ask somebody to pray with you. Iron sharpens iron. I'm glad somebody prayed for me. I'm glad somebody had me on their mind. I'm glad somebody took the time to pray for me. Yes, there are preachers waiting for your call to pray with you. And I'm believing God that this word has helped you. I'm also believing God that God will pull you out. And God will establish you. And God will fix that situation for you. It is so. In Jesus' name. Amen.